Is it my favorite murder? How did this get made? Or even the Adam Carolla show? No, it's three-way theater. The award-winning podcast about pro wrestling, movies, and pro wrestling movies. Brian Johnson of Tupelo, Mississippi says three-way theater is definitely a podcast. Jerry McFarley of Bangor, Maine says that the TWT is the perfect podcast for his senile grandfather with early signs of dementia. He just puts it on in the background while Gramps rants about the war. Writer-director of The Naked Man, J. Todd Anderson, says three-man theater reviewed his film. I think he meant three-way theater, but who can blame him for getting it wrong? Four out of five dentists surveyed recommend three-way theater to their patients who chew gum. What the? Isn't this from a Trident commercial? Fucking hacks. Three-way theater is filmed before a live studio audience. Uh-huh. Welcome to the three-way theater. Yeah. Ha. You know, you know. Hey, y'all ready? Let's go. We all about wrestling, but don't call us fanatics. Uh-huh. We talk about wrestling movies, review the classics. Uh-huh. From ready to rumble, body slamming, Russell Madness. You can tell us our passion. Now we into podcasting, screaming Northeast Championship Wrestling. Yeah. Mr. Peacock, go ahead, represent. Yeah. Three-way theater, three the hard way. From your boy Mike J. So we're not actually going to talk about it on the podcast. I don't understand. You will. I don't get it. I know. Is there anything else you want to get off your chest, Mikey? Oh, you got your printed notes. I got my printed notes. It's good. It's good. Uh, All right, I got that out. All right. Um, Hello. 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 Uh, all right. That, that's yeah. not quite right. It's not quite right. I actually but don't. Um, I'm not a big fan of that bit. So. Why aren't you a big fan of it? I'm just not. Three Stooges. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's it's just it's their bit. It's not our bit. Well, I mean, it's their not bit anymore. They're dead. Yeah. They all died in the fifties. Wait, what? Car accident. Oh, <laughs> so sad. Yeah. All six guys that were in the Three Stooges at various points. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. They all died on their way to, uh, to see the wrestler. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 1974. Yep. Perished. Horrible car accident. Horrible, awful, flaming wreckage. <laughs> Welcome to Three Way oh. Theater. Folks. Oh, geez. oh, all right. It's clear my throat. I'm Mike Pava. I'm Lumberjake. And I'm JC. And we review pro wrestling movies. And pro wrestling movies. Yes. Yeah. Nailed Woo. it. Ooh. Now it's all downhill. Hey guys, so uh, we're doing a special. Double feature. Double feature. Yeah, picture show. I want to go. Yeah. 
Uh, now, uh, is that planned? Did you guys plan that? We don't plan anything. No. Yeah, you. Yeah. No, Planned Parenthood. Everything's <laughs> just right off the top of our heads, JC. Really? Yeah. Okay. Can I say something? Sure. JC's got his left earphone on his right ear. We're really. This is what you wanted to talk about? No, I'm just saying. I'm looking at an L. Right on your forehead. <laughs> but I prefer my earpiece over here, which well, is why... And I prefer my earpiece on my right side, but you don't see me switching everything up. Well, that's because Mikey scolded you? He did scold You're trying to shame me. Yes. But I don't care. I'm desperate for Mikey's approval, <laughs> and I'm trying to win him over <laughs> I... by shaming you. I'm cutting your legs off uh-huh. to make myself taller. I mean, I'm pretty sure you already got him. You don't need to try to uh, oh. to impress them. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Good to know. Well, here we are. What a, <laughs> what a wonderful day it is. A beautiful day, really. It actually is a beautiful day. It's In our nice neighborhood. Day. I mean, yeah. you, the listeners, don't know that. Oh. No. But uh, we should describe it to them. Right, no, Mike? No, not. Yes, yeah. we're, dri- no, we're listen, next to a nobody, main road. Oh uh-huh. God, nobody uh-huh. cares. There's a beautiful breeze. I'd say probably within, like... Maybe 71, 71 degrees. Yeah, yeah 72. Yeah. Okay. So I'll go 70, with 72. Yeah. 71 and a half. Yeah. How about 74? Oh, oh. like 1974? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What a segue. Yeah. So what year did Mad Bull come out? Mad Bull, I believe, was 79. Okay. Or 77, 79. So this is our so this oldest is our, movie yeah. we've done. And it shows. Yes. You know, I was looking at like some of the ages of the wrestlers within this movie. It's like Dory Funk's thirty-three. It's like what? Dory well, they, Thumb- they called Terry Funk a young guy. <laughs> no, they called Dory Funk a young okay, guy. Well, that's how old this is. Yeah, Dory Funk's only thirty-two. Uh, in case you want to know, we're talking about the wrestler. Oh right? yeah, so maybe we should. Step Have you back ever seen a one-trick pony? Then you've seen no, that's no. episode twenty. That's, that's, that's the 20. second part of the double feature. Uh, oh. This, did you watch the correct movie? Yeah, yeah. Mickey Rourke, Marissa Tomei. No, 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 no. Ed Asner, uh, Vern Gagne. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That hold guy. on, hold on. Let me hold on. Larry the Accenting. Hold on. Let me. Can I describe what movie I watched? Yes. A uh, broken down guy. Uh-huh. With a um, with a loved family member desperate for them to get out of the wrestling business. Uh huh. Um. And they go against their wishes. Uh huh. And in the big climax, ambiguous ending. So what you're positing is that Darren Aronofsky went ahead and basically remade the wrestler with this 1974 version. No. No. But besides having the same title, uh huh, that is the only thing in this, the both these movies that you can. Say are the exact. Same. What are you talking about? He just it's described the, the exact plot of the movie. No, it's it's not. It, it, those plot points listen, are in I get this it. movie. I get it, but the ending. Just because Aronofsky decided to focus on those other parts doesn't mean they weren't present in here in this movie. It's not the same movie. You know, this is one of those rare cases. I feel where there was too much wrestling. Um. um yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not only just too much wrestling, but. Wrestling with no commentary. Yep. Uh-huh. Long stretches of just long, Stretch. great long Foley work, wrestling. by the way. Thank oh, you. The Foley work was... Yeah. Because the Foley work was so impressive, it happened moments after action happened. Right. So, like, a movie Foley hit, for this movie. And then it hit, You heard the sound. It's perfect. Uh, I, I do want to say that I wanted to make sure I was of clear mind for this 
movie in this episode, so I promised that I took no edibles, mm-hmm. but I did have some black tar heroin. Oh. I decided to shoot up a notch. How did that um, affect your viewing? Um, It was tough because I injected it in my eyeballs. Oh. Your eyeballs have been through so much. I know! He's used to that by now. Yeah. Right. How I just said, stab me there. Stabbed in his eyeball. Do you think it would be more potent it's, to have the heroin stabbed into your eyeball? You know, it, getting things stabbed in your eyeball is kind of like listening to three-way theater. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> to our listeners, it, it, can, you, can you agree with that statement? Is it like being stabbed in your eyeballs? We'll never know. I got no sound from Jake here. You sure did. No. Hit it again. Oh, here we go. Am I back? Jake is back. Yeah. How long has it been? I don't know. Listen, how long has it been? God damn it. Well, I was just saying that, JC, I'm so glad that you have had... Like, no edibles, no anything. You have a Uh clear mind. Uh Because you barely said anything in the last podcast. I mean, that's all your fault. And I do think it's irony that then you were just unable to speak for the last two and a half, three minutes. Because you muted yourself. You, uh, I I don't think it was that long anyway. And I'm glad that you're back with us now. Uh Uh-huh. I'm back. Um, I apologize to anybody that had to listen to the last episode. As you should. And had to put up with that. Um, I re-listened to the episode while I was putting it together to air. And, um, yeah. No, I don't remember anything. I'm like, oh, that's new. I didn't realize that happened. Uh, I apologize to our listeners every episode. (laughs) That's true. But they still keep coming back. Okay. They're glutton for punishment. So let's talk about this movie. Let's do it, because... When we originally said we were going to do The Wrestler, I'm sure everybody first thought we're going to do the Darren Aronofsky Well, no, uh, we, we very clearly said we were going to do this right. one first. But when you say The Wrestler, well, yeah, first thing you think of AWA. is, is Vern Gagne. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> all right, let's dive in. Let's do this. Well, first of all, the uh, director of this movie, it was, uh, I believe his name was Jim Westman. Good old Jim Westman. And this would be his only movie. As we have That's seen. a theme with three-way theater? It sure is. His one and only movie. Um, either they have a career in directing. And it ends right after the wrestling movie. Right. Or it's their they... only venture. And right. then there was, a sn- there, there was another guy. He was the writer of this movie. His, uh, his name was something Gump. And uh, this was his one and only movie that he wrote. Mm-hmm. Wait, he, he wrote the one and only? No, 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 not the one and only. He wrote The Wrestler. Oh, okay. All right. 1974. Gotcha. Um, Entertainment Ventures Incorporated were one of the producers of the movie, and it had that big title screen at the beginning, which is a real comforting thing for me. I I love those movies. With the cool music. Yeah, exactly. Like, doo-doo-doo-doo. Yeah. But, um... You know that Vern Gagne was a promoter, of, a producer of producer, this movie. Producer, yes. Um, yeah, you can tell. Well, okay, and I just want to cut right to the heart of this real Let's quick. Do it. This movie is to Vern Gagne what the room was to Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> okay, all right. Which now you you guys should all pause this podcast and go watch the room. No, immediately. No. But uh, yeah, Vern Gagne, like basically, 
this movie is just one big love letter to Vern Gagne. To himself. I 100% agree with that. Okay. Because, I mean, we'll talk about it, but just watching this film, you you expect it to go one way. The story's being built one way. Excuse me. And then, up until that final reel, it's like, ha ha ha, just kidding! Yeah. Oh, man. You, you know, um, this movie... It has a really cool movie poster, right? Can I? Just I love show? that poster. Love the poster. Can I show Check you guys? It on I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I put it. And I website. know, I know. I just wanted to show for posterity. Uh huh. And it has a lot of cool. First of all, look at Dusty Rhodes, yep. the animated Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> he has like. That's actually a pretty good rendition for how he appears in this movie. He I has like one, a top hat on. Yeah, he's wearing the Bowler Derby. Yep. And uh, but here's the thing: when Darren Aronofsky's Wrestler came out, they re-released this movie. And this was the movie poster. Who's that guy? <laughs> Wait, don't want Ed Asner? That's Ed Asner. No, the guy on the that's right. That's Billy Taylor. It doesn't even look like him at that all. That is, no, no, that's nobody. Oh, all right, so there yeah, you go. Yeah, that is nobody. That's, that's not no Billy one. Taylor? No, no, that is some clip art man. I bet he was wearing a martial arts outfit or a possible boxing outfit. Or possibly even swimming. Very wet. And, huh. uh... It's a, and is that Greg Luganus? <laughs> and on the bottom, it's amateur wrestling. Yeah, that's weird. Well, I mean, they did spend a good half hour of this movie on amateur wrestling. And let me say it what... Uh, that way. About 45% of this movie is uh, Billy Robinson doing a little hip toss with his like <laughs> little leg kick. Yes. Um, Which I love, by the way. On this re-released movie poster, the uh, order listed of names on there goes Ed Asner... Lord James Blears, uh-huh. Superstar Billy Graham, Dick Murdoch, mm-hmm. Dusty Rhodes, mm-hmm. Vern Gagne. Vern Gagne had the largest part outside of Ed Asner, correct? He was the producer of the movie. So I don't think Lord James Blears, who had a uh, one-off cameo introducing Billy Robinson... Or even a, a, a Superstar Billy Graham, who did one promo. Yes! But this was re-released in, what, 2013, that poster in that yes. movie? Yes. So I guess maybe just Vern has uh, had fallen by then and wasn't the world-renowned superstar well, he was, that he, he was. He was in the WWE Hall of Fame at that point, I believe. Uh, I mean, yes, but I would say his stock had fallen significantly by the time Mickey Rourke's wrestler came out. All right, out. I guess. Um, he was born in 1926. Fuck. <sighs> He was uh, 44 years old. I, I will believe. say that for 1974, he still did look pretty damn good. Um, all maybe, things considered. All yeah. things considered. Um, also, the opening of this movie has a Larry Pretty Boy Hennig. Yeah, not yeah. yet the axe. Yep. Um, man, all I could hear was Kurt Hennig. Yeah, I, all I, I saw it in the in the face and the mouth area. Yeah. Like, I've I've never really seen much of him. Period. Yeah. So seeing this was pretty cool. Well, I've, I've only seen him with the with giant the beard. beard. Yeah. The beard, right, exactly. And then when you see him completely clean shaven, it's like, wow, he just looks like a chubby card headed. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a solid little promo. I just closed my eyes and all I heard was Kurt. And right off the bat, we get our first of many name drops in this movie. It was like kind of like humble bragging. Like, I can just have the ability to name every wrestler uh-huh. in the NWA. Yeah, really. It's like, yeah, let's make it chock full of promoters. Hey, uh, Jim Barnett's on the phone. Oh, thanks. Great. Put him on hold. <laughs> like, you know who would love that? Fucking wrestling fans today. Just like <laughs> yeah. every wrestling yeah. person being name-dropped in a ridiculous, obvious way. Well, just think how it was when we reviewed Slammed. 
And when they made their first obscure WWF reference, what a big deal that was for us because yeah. in the previous movies we had watched, there really wasn't any real-world name-dropping. But this is still the territory age, so it's like all the NWA people, so they all did work together. Right. It's this, just it's very bizarre to watch, and for us to hear that so casually was we, shocking. We get Vern Gagne versus Larry Hennig just to introduce Vern Gagne, Vern Gagne, big drop kick, sleeper holds. Well, so all this footage was just taken from AWA shows, right? Yeah. Like, they just went to a show, they brought their handheld cameras... Very shitty quality, and just filmed it at ringside. I, I like that about the. I, I like the it. quality. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was gritty. I think when it's... you compare it to stuff we've already seen, like even Mad Bull, which I thought was a lot more dynamic, this was very much just shoot the match. It was very Listen, I don't know it surgical. Was, it was our first okay. of many wrestling scenes that went on way too long with no dialogue. <laughs> No commentary. No commentary. Nothing at all. Just I the know crowd, the crowd, <laughs> the the foley work which we've mentioned. The only commentary God. was coming from the referee that was Mike. They're like, "Come on, get out of the corner!" Like just little. Like that was the only sound besides the fans. And even with the fans, they're really not a part of it, except for the one. I think it's the second match we see. Um, where there's a midget fan. Yes. Thought, now see, I thought. Oh my god! Yes. I thought, why did they? Fo- why are all our fucking movies focused around midgets? In- I thought the midget was a manager. No. No. I he's a he's- fan. He went back to his seat, fucking content after the match. Yes. He was like, he like, he was basically dusting off his hands. Like, yep. These fans are anonymous, like just silhouettes in the background, <laughs> except for this one close-up of this midget. There was one girl, too, in the audience who they kept showing. She's like, oh my god, Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. There was also this one girl at the end who was missing so many teeth at the bottom. Oh. Um, hey, listen, that's like the old joke, what has, um, like, 32 feet and four teeth, the front row at a wrestling event. hey Classic. <laughs> Classic. Um, so, you, Mikey, you were a fan of the wrestling in this. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't... I, the scenes might have been long and boring, but the wrestling wasn't bad. I, so I'm not talking about the wrestling. You literally about just the asked, filming. You literally just asked me about no, the No, but wrestling. like what I mean is like the presentation of yeah, the match. I, I liked was, it. Yeah, yeah. alright. Um, okay. You have uh, Mike Bullard versus Nick Bockwinkle in our second match. But and what I question. wanted to talk about for... Oh, go ahead. Why does... Do most of the wrestlers in this movie get their wrestling names? And why can't why couldn't Vern Gagne be Vern Gagne? He's a very he humble guy. Mike Bullard, super humble. Yeah, he doesn't want to go ahead and be like, "This is the Vern Gagne show. Uh, I'm gonna be Mike Bullard." Right. Why is um, Why is Billy Robinson being playing Billy Taylor? Right, but those are the two main. Like, why didn't they keep those? Everybody else has their own shit. Humble. Yeah, but the but they were characters though. So why it's like Rip in uh, No Holds Barred. It's like yeah, Rip it's them. basically the same person, but not quite. It's like it's a uh, I don't know. <laughs> I should have never it, given him that gun. But at least no, no. <laughs> at least in the holds barred. Like the other wrestlers were also different characters. Like fucking Stan Hansen wasn't Stan Hansen. He was whatever he fucking. Why was. don't you call up Vern and ask him? Can we do that right now? Yeah, let's call well, him up. Guys, welcome Vern Gagne here. Vern. Yeah, I brought my Ouija board. <laughs> um, can I? So we before we get to the next match, we're introduced to Frank Bass, the promoter, Briefly. played by Ed Asner. Now, this is where I was confused where the movie was going. 
was it being presented as a documentary at first? Because he's staring directly yeah, at the camera shot was weird. and being like, this is Mike Bullard, the league champion, and explaining it to us as if, like, we're, <laughs> he's talking directly to the audience. Yeah, I, I feel like it was just, like, he's the promoter, he's promoting... Mike Bullard, like this is this actually that's the only scene like that in the yeah, movie. Though. It really is out of place. Yeah, that's the only time that happens, other than when the crusher delivers a line and then pridefully looks at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I nailed it. I know exactly what you're talking. He was just so proud he nailed it. Like he had to look directly at it. Like, did I get it? Did Didn't that it? happen in another one of our movies? Where, like, they looked directly at the camera. Was it No Holds Barred? It was barred? No Holds Barred. He, kept just... look, he looked at the camera and gave a shaka bra. <laughs> shaka bra, but <laughs> Like, these wrestlers are just thrilled uh... that they nailed their lines. But, yeah, we get our second long match, also pointless. Yeah. Vern Gagne goes over again. Mike Bullard is his name. So, uh, we get finally get to the secretary. Yes. And... My favorite part about the secretary. Hello, wrestling office. <laughs> I couldn't handle that. Like, what the fu- What other office is it? Every wrestling office. <laughs> like, but Jim Barnett on line one. Australia. Listen, when the, it, on the back of their NWA card, it says, calls this number. That's the number you get. Wrestling office. Um, <laughs> She's great because. WWF speak. One moment. Oh, my God. Beyond the mat. Great. Um, we, got, we got to do that coming up. Of yeah, episode twenty. Tw- no, no, no. no. <laughs> We're gonna do Beyond the Mat. Yeah. All right. Eventually. Okay. Yeah. Um. um didn't the anniversary just happen? Ninety. Yeah. Is it November? No. That's just, wrestling with shadows. Again, something we should probably talk about before. At some we're point, on the yeah. Air. What you wanted to do this in our housekeeping <laughs> yeah, before we started recording. The housekeeping before. And now we've just killed the podcast dead talking about the this. one thing we should have talked about. What we're gonna do next? We were gonna do the wrestler next. Oh, good. But we're doing the wrestler right now. Welcome <laughs> <laughs> to two way theater. Um, so I love the secretary because she's not just. Right off the bat, you kind of you kind of shown she's not just the one dimensional. Like, she ain't just no average secretary. Exactly. She's not mm-hmm. going for the. She's not going for the <laughs> she's, loose position. Despite what JC's making her think, she's white. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, sassy. I'm not trying to make she's her not, ethnic. She's not that sassy. Uh, when they came in and picked her up right out of her seat, and she and Crusher and Bruiser make a great entrance. They come in. <laughs> <laughs> and they just. They're my favorite low talk cameos in this movie yeah. because they, whenever they show up, it's gold. And we'll yes. get to that later. Yeah, we gotta. But but like, they're but they're literally in the scene right now. <laughs> no, but what I mean is like she scoops her up, and she's talking sassy to them. She's sassing back. Well, she kisses. She kisses. She kisses one everybody. Of them. She and kisses then, Crusher. She she also wanted to fuck Billy Taylor. She wants to fuck Ed Asner. She did not want to fuck Billy Taylor. Uh, she would have if she wasn't already in love with Ed Asner. Okay, that's fair. Who wouldn't? But it's the 70s. She's making out with everybody. She gave she gave Crusher a kiss on the cheek, and then yeah, the bruiser's relax. like... A kiss on the cheek. And the bruiser's like, Yeah, what about me? <laughs> this is an impression of what she was doing. <laughs> and then uh, Crusher's like, ah, She likes me better. And uh, she hands over some envelopes to them. She's like, here, boys. Here's everything. Here's everything except your jock straps. And they walk away like, well, that's it for us. Can't top that one. <laughs> <laughs> they were great. <laughs> they were two guys from uh, Minnesota that were just great. And they, they pat Ed Asner on the head. Yeah. And they leave. And he goes, man, their pats feel like pile drivers. 
Never right. saw a pile driver in the movie either. Um, Not even one. Many so, arm drags though. There's many. There's so many name drops in succession that it's like they're just shoehorning them in. So in succession, they not they name drop Cowboy Watts, Gene Kaniski, Wahoo McDaniel, Superstar Billy Graham, and it's mid scene that I'm like, did they want Mary Tyler Moore for this secretary role? Oh, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> I think that they really. I I feel like they wanted Mary Tyler Moore. Like they, well, they definitely went to get a Mary Tyler Moore type. Like that's, I think, basically who they were looking to play off of. Yeah, I don't think they'd ever be able to get Mary Tyler Moore, but I bet Asner probably like. Yeah, I just, dis- I disagree. She's, she's a wrestling beautiful. fan. She showed up at one of the WrestleManias. No, who the, that was? Mary, where's the beef lady? No, where uh, Mary Tyler Moore was in the crowd. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh! I thought oh, we were yeah. talking about this. Later. Yeah, I was like, wait, what? Anyway, uh, um, so one thing they're name dropping all these wrestlers. But they're very reticent to name drop any companies. They don't talk about the actual promotions. Right. When they talk about the champion, it's the league champion. When they start talking about the Super Bowl of wrestling... But they kind of mention... They say the three champions of the world are Vern Gagne, uh, Dory Funk Jr., and Pedro Morales. So that's saying AWA, NWA, and WWF are the main... And they're naming the wrestlers again, but they're just not really naming the companies and obviously that's by design yeah. but it was just something right. that I was interesting because later on you see Vince McMahon Sr. in there and they, again they don't Spoiler mention alert. I couldn't believe Vince McMahon Sr. again another time where you've always seen pictures of somebody I love never that seen Vince them. McMahon Jr. has that same outfit still yeah yeah. Well, everything about the way he moved his hand yeah. I'm like man the only time I've ever seen him was in the Lonely Road of Faith video okay yeah um Frank Bass goes over to Mike's wife's house. Yes, because oh, Mike, because Mike's wife is. So bitch. I was confused. Whoa, whoa! This Jeez. I this bitch, bitch. this bitch. <laughs> I couldn't stand. Wow, broad. I didn't think yeah, she was that bad. She was. Wait, I need awful. to dive into this, Mikey. She was. Let's talk awful. about your misogyny a little bit here. No, she was awful. It's misogyny. First of all, you call it that. I call it misogyny. Oh. Oh. Okay, it sounds like a type when you get of really wood. when you get really wet in your socks, they get really misogyny. <laughs> um, so I like that. She's married to Mike. I at first I the, thought she was her she was his mother. Listen, if it was her mother, I'd understand. I'd, I'd understand a little better. But for Christ's sakes, you're the wife of a wrestler, and it feels like this is the first time. Like, oh my God, when is he gonna stop? What is he gonna get hurt? When I, shot, he is in his forties. Uh, when I wrote, and she doesn't want him to end up like another Ray Gunkel, and all the other wrestlers who died. Well, well he, spoiler. Let's not jump ahead of that yet. But well, like, I, I, I just. But I, when I still thought that he, that she was his mother, I just wrote, "Tell Mama it's a work." <laughs> like, just please. Yeah, so but in this movie, wrestling is real. Is real. Deathly is real. real. Hey everyone, I'm Israel. Oh, not oh. you're doing your Israel impression again? Yeah, you said wrestling Israel. Israel. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See, that's what I remember from the last podcast. I think that was right before I slipped into my edible coma. Was Jake doing his Israeli impression? Um, I has one of my favorite lines where she goes, "Would you, uh, would you like some coffee?" And Frank goes, "No, thanks. This cold has me feeling pretty raunchy." 
<laughs> is raunchy the right word that he was looking Back for? Back then it was. <laughs> well, and I, then... I looked up the definition of raunchy. Okay. Number one is earthly, vulgar, and often sexually explicit. Earthly? Mm. And two is especially of a person or place, slovenly or grubby. So I go. guess raunchy is the uh, correct term. Ed Asner knows. Don't fucking question him. That was an ad lib on his part. So but Ed, Ed Asner just says anything to to shut this lady up, basically. Like, yeah, I'll take care of it. Like pat her on the shoulder and tell but her it's gonna be I th- okay. I think we should get to Ray Gunkel though. Okay. She says uh, he's. She's worried he's gonna end up with another Ray Gunkel. I'm assuming JC looked up Ray Gunkel. Ray Finkel. No, 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 no. Einhorn is Finkel. But no, Einhorn. Okay. Okay, so uh, do you guys know about Ray Gunkel? Please, do tell. Uh, Ray Gunkel is a real person. He died the year before they filmed this movie, 1972. He died mid-match after an Oxbaker heart punch created a hematoma on his heart and created a blood clot that caused him to pass away. Heart punch! (laughs) And that's why we have the Oxbaker Memorial Cup? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, for Ray Gunkel every year. Yep, it's to memorialize. memorialize. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Oxbaker Cup is to memorialize. Well, spoiler alert, that's how we're going to end the Foxy Calvin Campbell Frank the Crank feud. Uh, Foxy's going to kill him with the heart punch. <gasps> Holy right. shit. Yeah. He should hit him in the, the heart with the. the I hope trophy. Frank doesn't listen to this episode because <laughs> he's going to be spoiled. Um, well, can we. Should we talk about the death thing then? Since yeah. We're already. All right, so in this movie, they basically kind of recreate. A moment like that with yep. the death of uh, Jack Cutter. Yes. After a knee drop off the top rope. From uh, it was the bombs away knee drop from Ray the Crippler Stevens, and uh, Ed Asner lists off this whole group of people. Right. Do you want him to end up like Gunkel or Garibaldi, Zaharius, Romano, Haiti, Lindsay, DiBiase, all real people right. that all passed dead. away? Mm-hmm. That was Ray Gunkel, who I mentioned before. Chick Garibaldi, he died of a heart attack after a botched body slam from Bruno Sammartino. Uh, Babe Zaharias died in a heart attack after a match in Hawaii. Uh, Mike Romano died mid-match in Washington, D.C. Um, Jim Haiti, a heart attack at age 38. Luther Lindsay is the man who trains too hard. Uh, died of a heart attack after giving a big splash. Uh-huh. And Iron Mike DiBiase, who is the, the father of Ted DiBiase died of a heart attack after a match well, with uh, Man Mountain Mike. Uh, it's very interesting, Jake, but I have different causes of death for all those guys. Oh, really? What, what, what was the... Um, they were all on their way to a wrestling show. Okay. Car accident. Oh. <laughs> so that's all... What Lumberjack said is all wrong. Right. Uh, Everything he said is untrue. Uh-huh. No, no, they no. Were they all... were all on their way to separate matches. Yeah, <laughs> and then car accident. Car accident. Yeah. Simultaneously, <laughs> but unrelated to each other. Right. So sad. Correct. Yeah. So sad tragic um my favorite part my favorite part about the death scene uh has to be the announcer the announcer announcing his death yeah. with his oh body still warm uh-huh. lying down in the corner ladies like, and gentlemen the uh medical examiner has <laughs> just informed me that cutter is dead cause of death car accident <laughs> And then, when it smash cuts to the empty arena, I really wish the body was still lying there in the ring. <laughs> well, it shows the Crippler right after he announces that, that he's dead. Crippler, like, basically runs out of the ring. Like, oh, <laughs> oh my god! Has, he already has a suitcase? He's Whoa! Dead. I'm moving on again. <laughs> um, 
but then it turns into this thing where I started building a conspiracy theory in my head that Frank Bass is purposely trying to murder all these wrestlers in order to get wrestling into the legitimate Mainstream. news instead of the entertainment news. Okay. Because, because when he names off all these wrestlers, he's talking to reporters, reporters who aren't covering wrestling the way that he thinks it should be covered. Right. Because they're saying it's entertainment, it's a sideshow, blah, it's blah, blah. It's theater! Exactly. So, I but think it, Bass is purposely having these is guys get real killed. in this? Right. But they have a discussion on who should be champion, though. All the promoters. Well, because as a promoter, you're still going to say who should be your champion. And if nobody can beat Mike Bullard, they're saying it's hurt in business in the long run. So they just want a different champion. So I think their conversation is still very much based in the real winners and losers. I don't think they're saying, well, you should take the belt. I mean, they want them to do a Montreal screw job on him. Right. The whole cru- the whole big thing is these mobsters coming in and, and basically saying, we want Mike to lose. Well, not only that, but oh, even that the promoters in the, the, the NWA Which promoters again, all being really at the pool anywhere. topless together yeah. talking about <laughs> wrestling. But they're also basically, when, when Bass comes up with the idea to say, well, I'm going to book the match either way, if he doesn't show up, He's disqualified. It just makes the champion look bad. You're making the champ. You're trying to force him into these situations, and to which they- he's watching. To which Vern Gagne is watching on TV. Mike's watching on TV, and his wife says, "Oh well, that's a. I mean, that's the real twist of the movie, though, right? No, I didn't understand. No, I understood his plot. Well, okay, maybe we need to take a step back before we dive into all that. Yeah, we're getting too deep into this movie. We're about we're gonna- to hit the third act twist. Yeah. So I just want, we're gonna I, miss naked Ed Asner in the steam room, <laughs> and then we get a long unnecessary shot of Joe's gross gut. Yeah, it looked like there. it was like if um, I had my shirt off and was just standing there for like twenty minutes. It felt like <laughs> that this kid, and it looked like he was ready to just drop his belly right on top of Ed Asner's yes. face. He was way too close. There is a deleted scene where that happens. And Asner, sure. does he have his eyes closed? That's yes. why he doesn't like. Yes, he's he's lying down in a he's lying down where guys sit ass naked, with nothing under his head. You never go ass to mouth. He was going ass to back of his bald head. <laughs> so we get this guy. He, he's he's like, hey, I, wrestling's doing so great right now. It's like, but I thought it wasn't because of stupid old fucking Vern Gagne. But he's like, wrestling's doing so great right now. What do you think? Like, I put a big bet out, and I'll give you ten percent of the bet if you let me know who's going to win this big match, huh? And, uh... I just want to say right now, if any gangsters want me to fix wrestling matches for... I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm all in. Let's see, what know. a great idea. <laughs> you let me know. I'm all about it. Um, he threatens... <laughs> He threatens Ed Asner by basically saying, like, it only takes a certain amount of time to get, like, heat stroke in a... No, uh, heat prostration. Okay, yeah. And he (laughs) says, I've got a bunch... I've got about three guys back there who will make sure that you stay in here. He's like, hey, Bess, you know the human head? It weighs eight pounds. Oh, Jonathan Lipnicki. (laughs) Yeah, he was the gangster in this movie. Um, Until... The Crusher and Bruiser show up all listening. <laughs> they were very glistening. And they take a seat. And they come in like is their trademark. Mm-hmm. And they sit behind this guy and, and I think it was the bruiser who's 
massaging his puts his big giant meat paws on his face. <laughs> but it's it's not it's not a real massage. It looks kind of sensual at first. Yeah, yeah. like it's his fingertips. At but first. you can tell that he's he's like way too rough, and you know you would hate it if he was rubbing your shoulders. Like it's be more of a pinch with like like ah Jake ow. And they're Sorry. like uh, any any friend of Frank's is a friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> they were um, perfect in this role. They I were like the best. The henchmen. I'd love to see them hanging out with uh, the Body Slam crew, uh, Piper. Yeah, and like they'd be just be best friends with each other. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, this was '74. Body Slam was '84. Those guys could still be around in this world. Yes, they, definitely. Does uh, the wrestler beat? Body slam in terms of cameos. Is this like the most yes. cameos we've seen in the uh, well, Yes. So are we name just... drops and cameos. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, are we just counting the on screen appearances or are we also saying the, uh, you know, the actual. I mean, I'd say either. I mean, even without just the name drops, you'd st- we'd still be way over Body Slam. Yes. True. Absolutely. I totally agree. All right. Just because there's so many matches. <laughs> so do you think Body Slam was the was the standard bearer for a while when it came to that? Yeah, I think so. Besides, yeah. Well, this came first. Well, no, I just mean from what we've oh, watched. Oh, right? yeah, then definitely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you guys know that the uh, Singh brothers from uh, that are on SmackDown right now with Jinder Mahal, they were in uh, Russell Madness? <laughs> what? Yeah, I, I mentioned it on the show, but it was back when they were in the Cruiserweight Classic. But uh, the Singh brothers... Were in the match with Butts the Clown and stuff like that. They were they were doing two gimmicks of their own. And if you want to go back and listen to that episode, go to threewaytheater.com. I would recommend that episode. I love that episode. <laughs> I like that, that was episode. one of our. I just we. I feel like that was what number four or five. We were really getting to our three. Room. We were hitting our stride. Three was Russell Madness. Yeah, that's what we're talking about, JC. I thought we were talking about Slammed. No, right, no, Russell Madness. Madness. Yeah. Oh, I've been talking about Slam this entire time. Oh. No, this entire time? Yeah. <laughs> oh. I was wondering why you kept calling Ed Asner Zachary Ty Bryan. <laughs> CTB. I was just, I was hoping Sasha Mitchell would show up. Well, me too. Lake Bell. <laughs> ba 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 boom. Uh, so we're introduced after a little that insert promo with Billy Graham, his only actual appearance in this movie, Incorrect. which gave him what third billing. He also has a match later on against Wahoo McDaniel. Okay. He's um, like, ah! We'll see. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we will see, all right. What do you guys think about Billy Taylor, the new up upstart, well, you know? Lord James Blears comes in and introduces, yeah, tally-ho, Frank! And uh, he's an announcer, an old announcer. I believe he was from uh, WCCW from Texas. But uh, he shows him the footage of Billy Taylor, and he says he's like a mix between Gotch and Nagurski. Frank Gotch and Bronco Nagurski, name drop and name drop. So what did you guys think of him? I mean, he's kind of just a very stock character, but, I mean, he's the new young hot thing. He, first of all, he doesn't look that young. <laughs> like No, no, he doesn't. <laughs> like, man, he some lived some hard life down there in, uh, in England. Maybe that's why they changed their names, so they could be, like, younger than their characters. Okay, alright. That makes sense. Alright. Because Billy Robinson was the fucking man. For, so, yeah, like, no, for sure. Yeah, were we not supposed to like him? Because I really liked his character. Well, I think that was... I that's feel like that's a plot point of the movie, is who's supposed to be the good guy in this. Because there are times when Mike Bullard is really acting like he's trying to undercut him at every angle trying to just undersell him and make him look less than. Mike Bullard is a bit of a heel. 
he is. But then you have, like, the secretary, Debbie, that are just like, Mike Bullard's the best. Right. And, Nobody oh. will ever beat Mike. Yeah, well, a lot of people think that about, like, the top guys. People thought about that, of the White Knight and uh, in the Mad Bull. And Lumberjake. Right. You know, Go. you think these guys are really nice guys. And, you know, if they only knew the truth. The secretary gets so mad when Ed Asner, Frank Bass, assume... Rich like, Bass's dad. Yeah. Says that uh, Billy is better than Mike. She gets so pissed. so pissed. She's like, nobody's better than Mike. I- I've never seen him, but I know it. It's like, jeez. Um. Anyway, I mean, at that point, after after Frank Bass sees the footage, like he knows that that Billy's going to be the future of wrestling here in the United States. He wants to get him on the first plane over. He gets back to the office, and when he says he's leaving in, like, two hours, he's like, hey, call the airport. Get a plane ticket. I'm going over. He? I, the 70s were a great time because you could get a plane ticket at the drop of a hat. Yes! The Crusher and Bruiser come and go, we want to go to Japan. Okay, your plane leaves in three hours. What? (laughs) Like, first of all, Billy Taylor's got to get a plane or a seat right next to... Frank Bass! Yes! Just make it happen! And he does. He does! <laughs> the 70s were great! It's like, oh, yeah, where's, uh... Yeah, he's over in Germany right now, so we're gonna fly him over here, and then that's over there. Like, everyone's just flying everywhere. All over the place. For no reason. Well, he's <laughs> like, hey, Billy Robinson, what are you doing tonight? Uh, nothing? Hey, you should come to Chicago with me. All oh, right! All right, cool. I got can nothing I fi- going on. Can I finish my workout first? Like, no. Yeah, sure, go ahead. <laughs> Um, by the way, it was uh, Wahoo McDaniel and Billy Graham that the midget was in the crowd for. Okay, yeah. And then uh, for the Jack Cutter match versus Ray Stevens, Ray Stevens does the best flare flip. He invented that move. That's Ray Stevens' original. And he did so good, he did it outside of the ring. So he fell outside of the ring with it. It was fantastic. Great. Ray Stevens was great. Like, he's just really good at what he did. Um, um, after that Cutter death... When when Bass is talking to those reporters, one of my favorite bits is as passionately as Frank Bass is trying to tell these guys how how entertaining but yet real wrestling is. He's like, it's Fast and Furious, you know, and like all of a sudden he just starts naming off movies. He's like, oh, He's like it's Terminator. Name me it's any, Die Hard. Name me any athlete that could do what wrestlers do, and this and that. It's got the stamina of basketball with the hard hittingness of football and. Like, he's very passionate about it. Which I respect, keeping that kayfabe. But Ed Asner, playing the character, he's always right. No matter what he does, he's right. He's the gorilla monsoon. He's, yeah, he's never been, like, even when people try to question him, in the end, he's always right. So, it's just one of those things where, you know, I wish there was a little more, I don't want him to be like Dirk Benedict, where he's just a slime ball, but I like my characters to have a little more... Uh, you know, a push and pull, a give and take. Yeah. You know, he's he's not infallible. He can fail. No, he can't. Frank Bass can't. No. He's perfect. Yes, in every single way, including his sexy, sexy self. I saw him in that steam room. I know how sexy he is. You know who else knows it? The secretary. Yup. Sure does. He's Holy holding shit. that flame. <laughs> I didn't, uh... I mean, call me naive, but I didn't see this one coming. You didn't? No, just because, like... You know, I don't think I did either. I saw from that first scene where she kissed him goodbye on his way out of the office. There was that spark. I saw it. Um, I mean, back then, Ed Asner was hot. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I understand. What what, what was he again? He was hot. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> he's gonna be huge. Ed Asner, he's gonna be huge. Oh, you're almost, fine. Almost as hot as he was as Santa Claus and Elf. <laughs> Do you know that Ed Asner's a huge truther? Like nine eleven? Yep. yep. Really? Yes. Yeah. He he had a controversial opinion Anthony appearance. He has some strong opinions on the truth of nine eleven and what happened. World Trade Center seven fell on nine oh. eleven. Oh gosh. Sandy Hook never happened. Oh three Jesus. Buildings, three, three buildings fell. Three, not two. So Even on the conspiracy podcast. So uh, this guy Joe keeps fucking popping up everywhere, and it's really getting annoying. Well, he's- <laughs> The mobster, right? Yeah, yeah. but it's like he's—he when he pops up, it's so inconsequential. It's like, hey, you get any tips? No, no. Well, yeah, all right. <laughs> okay, next time we'll really get you. <laughs> Will you? Can we talk about the Dusty Roads Dick Murdoch bar? The scene? bar scene, holy shit! The Texas Outlaws, as so, they were known. Um, Dusty calls Frank. Yes. And Frank's pissed at him because they're racking up bills all over the place. Also getting into fights. Exactly, at bars. Which Dick Murdoch actually was known to do. It's funny because they also say in passing, it's like, oh, Dusty Rhodes like, oh, you know, we got to stop doing that crazy stuff. Remember that guy you threw through a pinball machine and we got to stop riding mules? <laughs> and uh, that's something Dick Murdoch really did. He got drunk and rode a mule into a bar completely naked. Awesome. Because that's what Dick Murdoch does. Well... <sighs> We get the return of a three-way theater staple. Mm, hard-boiled Haggerty. <laughs> we get the uh, racial... One of the all-stars. Yes. The gong and the... Yes. Oh, my God, the gong. Out comes... For the record, that's not even the first time. Earlier on, he said, get me a flight to China, and then randomly the music <laughs> in the background goes... It's like, wait, that wasn't necessary. I mean, it's never necessary. (laughs) But yeah, then we get the Guang, and that's... This character's name is Odd Job. Which is from James Bond, basically. Yes, sure is. And he is playing Odd Job from James Bond. (laughs) How can they use the same name? They can't! They just did it! This is an independent film. They don't give no fucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I also wrote down what a huge waste of a beer. Yeah, it just, just like it takes up. one sip, oh. smashes it, and it overflows, overflows everywhere. It. When he poured it over bitter beer face's head. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was yeah. Bitter <laughs> beer face. <laughs> That's good. Um, the bartender of the movie is Hard Boiled Haggerty. Yes, a, a, a three-way theater alumni. Yes. A and the gong is a three-way theater all-star as well. Sure is. Mr. Kim has lost a lot of weight since <laughs> 1974. And uh, he, the one guy comes in, and how does he know where Dusty Rhodes and Dick Murdoch are? I'd like to think that they left a trail of carnage on the way to the bar. Yeah. So he just follows the, yeah. the cars flipped over, people well, in the streets, well, it's, women pregnant. It's like in Body Slam when they just show up. Like behind a fucking billboard, like they're just happening in the, the right place. Inside the shed. In fairness, exactly. In the sequel, Body Slam Two, they go to Japan. It would have been revealed that they had GPS trackers on them oh. and yes. were following them the entire time. Right, because time. Japan is much more technically advanced. Right. Yes. Well, no, at that they're, time. And they're from the future. Oh. Yeah. Also the future. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so this bar fight, I liked how it turned into like slapstick music. Eventually, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Burr, 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 burr. After after Dusty and Dick Murdoch started getting the upper hand, it really started going to slapstick, 
And it, it was, um... Because at first, like, the the Asian... Actually, they never even had the upper hand, the Japanese guys. They were done from the moment. They yeah, chopped the table in half. <laughs> chopped the table in half. Is that racist? Uh, Hardboiled Haggerty runs around, gets kicked all over the place. <laughs> Stomach and then the face, and he's just dropped dead. And then Dusty Rose and Dick Martin just look at each other. Sorry, Frank! Yeah, because they did just got off the phone with Frank about racking up these bills, and here they well, go again. That was the, as the fight is built, like, they haven't started fighting yet, and it's building, it's building. I love the banter back and forth between Murdoch and Rose. Like, gotta do it. sorry, Frank. Gotta do it, do it, Frank. Gotta be good for Frank. Like, they're just, like, talking back and forth with each other, trying to, like, talk themselves down. They, they so didn't hard. do anything wrong. Right. They were defending that bar, and Hardboiled Haggerty should respect that. They destroyed them without a second thought. They yeah. just kicked the shit. Dusty Rhodes threw a bionic elbow. He, he hit him with yes. a he hit him with the elbow. Oh, it's, it was fun. That was a fun scene. They kicked the shit out of him, and then they both steal their hats, but without the other one. Like Dick Murdoch grabs the guy's hat and puts it on, and, he's like, ah. and then Dusty Rhodes pops up from behind the bar with a big smile, <laughs> wearing the hat that he appeared on the poster with. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was that was I think that might be my my favorite scene of the movie. I'd say so. Like because it, again, it comes out of nowhere. That's actually a scene that I used to watch. I Mikey, I've probably shown that before way back in the day that on YouTube just as a random clip, you know. And what a wacky scene that is. And again, when you see everything that's come before it, it's so out of place. Like the wacky music, the gong. Yeah. Like besides the ja- besides the the Japan uh, airplane reference. Yes. But like everything about this movie has been very serious up until this wacky fight scene. You gotta wonder if like Dusty Rhodes and Murdoch are like no, we're gonna do a fight scene. We're gonna do it our way. Like <laughs> and what's what's Jim Westwood or whatever his name is gonna say? What is the director gonna say? No. Nothing. He's saying nothing. Um, which brings us to our next incredibly unnecessary scene where Vern Gagne wants to play ga- uh, tennis. Oh, like, they're playing tennis. Vern Gagne? I thought it was tennis. Well, he, uh, this is when he... I thought it was racquetball because later on he says he hurt himself doing He racquetball. turned his ankle playing racquetball with Billy, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. But this was just a scene where, like... Let's get to the tennis court. I want to play some some tennis. This we'll looks film like a slim fast commercial where a fat person's playing tennis with their future skinny self. <laughs> where Vern Gagne's the after footage and Ed Asner's the before footage. That needs to be made. In right the now. wide shot, though, already. I couldn't tell which was which. Yeah. At first, I'm like, wait, which side is who on? They were going back and forth, and they were basically the same person. Only one was in better shape. Um, this is where. And again, we're about. Good Foley work, oh, Jake. Oh, nice, Jake. Yeah. Good job, Jake. Thank that you. was a uh, mad dog, Joe DeCurso. Yeah, right he just fight. drove by. Hey, get out of here. <laughs> um, <laughs> I uh, we're now about like probably like forty-five minutes into the movie, and basically this now Mike Bullard's a character. And forty-eight minutes into the podcast. Oh. Yes. He like Mike Bullard has had nothing but talked about, and we saw him in the first matches. But, like, he hasn't been an actual character in this movie. His We've talked to his wife and everything else. But now, like, almost an hour into this movie, he's actually brought in and made a part of the plot. And it just feels incredibly, like, just shoehorned in. Is this when we get the 30-minute Vern Gagne commercial about his wrestling Not school? yet. That's coming. <laughs> but this is where he subtly starts, I guess, kind of being a bad guy. Because he's been told about Billy. 
He's jealous and kind of scared of Billy. And he's being vague about it because the, the secretary told him all about it. Yes. And he said, hey, don't tell Frank that you told me about it. And then she spills the beans. To Frank. Immediately spills yeah. the beans. I also wrote down spills the beans. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, he's trying to get Frank to admit who Billy is and what his plan is. And... Uh, I don't know, Vern, the way Vern plays it, you can totally see him looking at a young up-and-comer in the locker room and being like, how can I hold him down? Yeah, I can see that. Well, Vern plays it like, um, nobody knows this guy, yeah, he might be great, but nobody, you're not going to sell tickets with the nobody. Yeah. Type deal, holding him down. But it's a little ridiculous. And this is when you go back, and when when we get to the third act, that you realize that just, this may all be a part of Mike Bullard's plan all I along. I still didn't. I'm, I'm going even going back. I still don't see what his plan was. Well, so Billy Taylor is going to have a big exhibition match with Nick Bockwinkle at the Boys and Girls Club. Yeah, and that's when Mike Bullard's like, "Well, I got to see this," and we cut to this very sexy exhibition match <laughs> between Bockwinkle <laughs> and Billy Taylor. I don't know about you there's, guys. There's saxophone in this. Yes! There is a smooth sax. <laughs> There was a saxophone in the beginning of the movie, and that just might be like a cool segue for these matches, but I love that sax. <laughs> there should be more saxophone in wrestling matches. Um, Nick Bockwinkle gets a little rough during their match, and uh, Frank threatens to to end the match right then and there. Yes. If he doesn't stop throwing punches and stuff. And then Billy Taylor's like, oh no, it's fine. Then he hits him with a couple elbows. Butterfly suplex. Beats him very easily. Yes, Nick Bockwinkle, who was probably close to a championship status in AWA at that point, if not multiple time champion. It was only in uh, exhibition. Only in exhibition. And it was to Billy Taylor. And it was still very sexy. So those those boys and girls club kids were just sitting there on the apron. They loved every second They really did. And he kept kept doing the same hip toss with his little leg leg kick. Yeah. He, that was like his one move. His one big move. That's all he needed. And that's when, in the locker room post-match, that's when Bullard invites Billy Taylor to his training session and also to have dinner on the farm. Um, and again, it feels like Bullard's playing it very subtly. I thought he was going to poison him. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Holy shit! Just turns what into a, a murder great mystery. left turn yeah. that would take. I he's Guys, like I know a British guy can't turn down lamb chops. I think we should write a wrestling murder mystery. Ooh. I love that idea. I think. <laughs> oh, it was Jake. Uh, oh no! <laughs> mystery solved on the air. <laughs> but like, don't you think like a wrestling movie of Clue would be amazing? Yes, yes, I do. Who I keeps... went on with you for that. I said, don't you think a wrestling movie about Clue would be amazing? Oh yeah. I love Clue so much. What a great ensemble cast that is. We're going to do this. We're going to write this movie. I'm down with that. All right. All right after this is over. Right. Sorry, Anthony. We're going to miss your party. Um, um, so now we get to like the 25-minute amateur wrestling. Because he asked him to come to the farm and help him train his rookies. Because he gets the best collegiate athletes he can find that want to become pro wrestlers. I'll tell you what. Their farm looked a lot better than the farm that we trained on. <laughs> that is fucking so true. I don't know what kind of farm he thinks he's on, but that is no farm. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. Mike's wife begs him to quit. She doesn't want him to die. Blah, blah, Shut blah. up. So, I mean, 
for a movie about pro wrestling, they spent an awful lot of time going over their love of amateur wrestling. It's a Vern <clears> thing. <throat> well, hold it's Vern's fingerprints all over if it. If you'd like, uh, if hold on. Are you okay? I have a list of name drops. <laughs> okay, good. All in a row. Take that deep breath. Amateur? Uh, no, these are the pro name drops okay. that they threw in. Fritz von Erich, Mad Dog Vachon, Jack Briscoe, Johnny Weaver, Danny Hodge, The Sheik, Bruno San Martino, Victor Rivera, and Barb Bob Geigel. I heard a Barb the Ref in there. Um, Victor sure. Rivera, three-way theater alumni, he was Skull Crusher Johnson, who got Ooh. his head drop kicked off in Grunt, Grunt the wrestling movie. Oh. Episode uh, then, two. We, then we get a nice long amateur wrestling demonstration by Dan Gable, and he's actually wrestling Mike Graham, but they don't actually bring much attention to that. But that's all Dan... And then we get a nice long wrestling segment between Billy Taylor and Jim Brunzel. Which includes a a very long voiceover from Vern Gagnia, where he's basically explaining wrestling. Which I feel like, when you're an hour into this movie... Do you really need to spend this much time explaining no. to your viewers what yeah, wrestling matches? Yeah, it was way out of place. No, no, um, Then we get a long wrestling segment between Wilbur Snyder and Eddie Graham. And uh, I love Vern's comments. Uh, he name drops uh, Commodus, the Roman emperor who won his spot uh, as, a pro, as a pro wrestler. That's not actually true. But Commodus was a, uh, was a Roman emperor, and he was the son. He was the first of a, in a long time actual blood sons of the last Roman emperor, right? And he would dress up like Hercules, and he would go into the Roman Colosseum, and he would do these, like, these gladiatorial fights, but they were almost always staged because he couldn't lose, because he's the emperor's son. So the person he was fighting would often just submit to him, and he would celebrate as he's dressed as Hercules and stuff. So he was a pretty much a pro wrestler. Except for this guy was actually a piece of shit and he would often kill animals and often kill slaves and stuff. Oh. Even in exhibitions. Just like Vern. He would just kill the guy. And he would take, he would round up peasants that had lost appendages in uh, various accidents and stuff and then he'd tie them all together and pretend it was a giant and kill that. That's crazy. Jesus Christ. And he also, Thanks for that insight, Lumberjay. Yeah, he also killed, like, 21 lions in a day in the Colosseum, and he killed, an, uh, like, a herd of elephant, and he killed a giraffe. You... That monster killed a giraffe? And he I killed, was fine with everything else until you said the giraffe. And then he killed an ostrich, and then he grabbed the ostrich, he, he cut its head off, and carried it over to, like, the other, like... Uh, people in the government and he like made a motion like he was going to do it to them next but apparently instead of scaring them he uh, they thought it was ridiculous and they had to hide their laughter <laughs> let me ask you this did he do anything to peacocks uh, no peacocks remained unharmed alright okay good thank god uh, and then he talked about how King Henry VIII would wrestle the, ki- the king of France and how uh, George Washington would use these wrestling moves, and Abraham Lincoln would use these wrestling moves. Hmm. Abraham Lincoln is actually in the National Pro Wrestling yeah. Hall of Fame. That I that I do remember. I don't remember how many times Jim Cornette would mention that, and uh, the lineage of the World Heavyweight Championship dating back to Abraham Lincoln. Once or twice. Um, basically, following this long scene, we get the dinner scene where you thought he was going to be poisoned. 
Well, I didn't necessarily think he was going to get poisoned, but I thought they might have gone that way. <laughs> I really wish they had. Um, but we they're building up this vero, like, very like friendly animosity. Did you between... guys catch the cameo during the, the, the dinner, by the way? No. Of the Nature Boy Ric Flair? Oh, R-I-C-K. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't... I actually had gone through and saw the name at the end and didn't recognize him huh. in this movie, so it's good to have proof wow. that Ric Flair with Look a K. At, this is young Ric Flair before his plane accident. That's insane. He was 300 plus pounds. And after his plane accident, his hair went straight blonde. Yes, he was, was so afraid. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fucking scaredy cat. Um, Because Flair was trained by Vern. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um... At this point, Billy Taylor is still being presented as the next big thing. He's in the office hanging out with Secretary Debbie. And this is where we start to see that Debbie kind of has the hots for Frank Bass. Um, But then they get into this weird thing where both Bass and Billy Taylor are calling uh, the Secretary Pepper Potts. Well, he just called her Pepper Pot because that's what... Um, Frank called her, and that's when he was like, oh, I was gonna ask you out for dinner, except for when I saw that look you just gave him. <laughs> it's a really, that's a really great British accent. Pretty good. <laughs> that's just my Billy Taylor accent. But it's great, it's still great either way. Yeah. Um, so, the secretary ends up going out on a, almost a date with... I mean, it wasn't an almost date, it was a date. Well, they went out for, the, for steaks. Oh, Oh, yeah. Frank, have you had my steak? Yeah. Oh, she was like, oh, what do you, did you think my steak's better? What are you talking about? I haven't had your steak. <laughs> oh, you haven't? That must have been somebody else. Yo. Well, you should definitely try it. It's really good. And then Joe pops up, cock block, puts <laughs> a cigar out in the potato. Is he really a cock block, though? I'll challenge you and say that he's a cock glider because they got him out of that fussy restaurant and into a little more cozy setting. That's true, because they go back to her apartment. She slips into something a, a little, little less sexy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she puts on something that's covering herself more than the last outfit she was Let wearing. Let me go get into something a little more comfortable. And it was <laughs> a long, like a long nightgown that went to the wrist and ankle. It reminds me of a scene in The Naked Gun where Leslie Nielsen and Priscilla Presley are getting something to eat at in his apartment. He goes, let me go slip into something a little more comfortable and changes into another suit. <laughs> and it's just like... There's a... There's always this one gag that I wanted to do in a slapstick sense where somebody rolls up in a car and looks at someone and takes off their sunglasses and they're wearing another pair of sunglasses underneath. <laughs> I like that. That'd be a funny visual. It should be like Bret Hart sunglasses. I takes like off that. the Bret Hart glasses and has regular sunglasses underneath. Love it. Let's do it. One time, Mike Pava got Bret Hart sunglasses and then he autographed them Bret Hart and tried to pass them off as Bret Hart I tried to pass them off. I mean, I... Do you know how Mike Pava got those glasses, though? How? He was in the back of a locker room, yeah. and Bret Hart was walking down this long hall, uh-huh. and Mikey just stopped and goes, Bret! <laughs> and then the hitman turns around and sees him, and he's just, hey, kid, <laughs> puts the sunglasses yeah. on him. And then he tussled my hair a little bit. Yeah. The new generation. I love that commercial. It's That's my so favorite. Good. So is this where we get the secretary spilling the beans that she's yeah, she's fighting so hard for Ed Asner's dick. She's, she says, I love you. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, I don't want to ruin what we have, but you're the light of my life. I'm like, what? 
Ed Asner in a romantic setting. I'm like, ew. And then they kiss. Because it's 1974, up until the moment that it happened, I was convinced she was going to take her shirt off and show tits, just because that's such a casual thing in the 70s. Yeah. I was just, like, it would be unmentioned, it would go unnoticed, but she would just be topless. Well, they get into, like, a little little tiff, but then he shows up at her door and he's like, hey, I've got my coffee. Kiss! And then he's in. Fucking Ed Asner. What a fucking great... That's I never got my coffee. That sly dog. <laughs> but, it, like, he didn't need to be a sly dog because she just wanted that... Her yeah. panties were already off. Ed Asner. Sex symbol of the 70s. I'd agree with that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, That does take us to this poolside scene with the promoters. Yeah. And while half of them are topless... The other thing that I notice is that when uh, Frank Bass decides to shit on Dory Funk and saying, well, he's bald. Did no one mention the fact that Ed Asner's also kind of bald? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. But like, he's a promoter. He's not a wrestler. But still. And uh, <laughs> did anyone bring up that Vern's bald? Yeah, but Dory's 32. Holy shit. Dory Funk was 32 in 1974. Mikey, how old are you? I'm uh, 34. Oh. <gasps> You're older than Dory Funk. At least your hairline isn't that bad now, <laughs> comparing yeah. to Dory uh-huh. Funk. Especially Thanks. if you just let it continue to grow out like I've been begging you to do. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that Mike so, Cave is a fine piece of work. Fine piece of ass, too. Mm-hmm. See, we're sassy. It's yeah. Not, it's not ethnic. It's just sassy. So we're at the pool scene. Yeah. Vince McMahon Sr., they're trying to put over that they want Billy Robinson to... Uh, in this match. Billy Taylor. Billy Taylor, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It's Billy Robinson. Yes. They want him to be the new star of for the Super Bowl of wrestling. Now, did Which you guys they keep think, calling it that. Well, because they are not going to call it anything else. Um, you think Vince Jr. watched this movie and was like, yes, the Super Bowl of wrestling. <laughs> yes. Some kind of mania. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but like, and then Vince Sr.'s like, no, son, stop that. Any- we'll stay in New York. Any kind of screenwriter, when you're writing a movie like this, you'd figure that the Super Bowl of Wrestling would end the movie. Holy shit, but no, it doesn't. Holy oh, shit, I was so it, pissed. It happens two weeks before the goddamn Super Bowl of Wrestling. God damn it. What? Are you fucking kidding me? Setting up for the sequel. <laughs> yeah, which happened in 2013 with Mickey Rourke. <laughs> Have you ever seen a one-chick pony then, then you've seen, seen me? me. Alright, so where are, we at? where are we at right now, boys? Um, uh, Billy Robinson or Billy Taylor beats known murderer Ray Stevens. Uh huh. Um, they have a little sex. Um, make a little love. Get, get down, down tonight. And Asner's like, "Hey, can you stay away from the ropes? If he hits you with a drop kick, you're done." Oh Jesus! And Billy fucking... Taylor goes, "Bull! I've never been hit with a drop kick before." Oh. <laughs> I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Oh no. <laughs> Bad the bad news Taylor. is. The bad news is. There is no bad news. There is no bad news. I did not. Okay, think so that let's let's get into the meat of this. Let's do this because uh, Vern flat out refuses a this well, match. He comes strutting into the office. Yes. Sits down and then basically Frank has this big plan to get him into the match and Vern blows him off completely. Yes. Uh, my, my ankles hurt. Well, the, he does it. He goes, "Oh yeah, I I uh, I, twi- I rolled my ankle." And then when he gets up to leave, he starts limping yeah. out. Yeah. Did he have that limp before? I didn't notice. Dick move. Yep. Um, but and he's they, playing the game. But 
He's playing the game of the game. Or is he? No, he's playing working on a whole game? other level. Because, because this is all a part of his plan. Because he says he doesn't want to fight him because he wants to fight him. Yes. So Frank, he he denies the fight, knowing, possibly. No, he knows. Knowing that Frank's gonna go on TV because Frank is the infallible Lord of Light that will always do the right thing and know that for the business he's gonna announce the match. And if Bast and if um, Bullard doesn't show up, he'll have to be disqualified. Right. It will make him look bad. And he's he's basically saying that he denied this fight, and I know that Billy Taylor's the man. And so, Vern's watch. Mike's watching this on, on his couch with his wife, and his wife says, "Hey, did did you know about that?" And he says, "I planned it all along, planned sweetheart." What? Planned Slow it all clap. Along. Then planned it's like an ocean. What? It's like an Ocean Eleven's montage where you go back. And see all the things that he's done to set this in motion. What did he plan? <laughs> Why did he just say yes? <laughs> because he wanted to get press and he wanted to get some hype going for a potential match. So by denying it in the first place, he's forced Bass to go out there and be like... So he's a heel? No. That's not a babyface oh. move. Mikey just hit his hand <laughs> on a rack of clothes that may or may not have dog piss all over. Uh, I would say they definitely have dog piss. No, those are clean. Oh. Those are clean. Um, but, listen, I get what you're saying, Jake. I get what you're saying. And I struggled throughout this entire movie of whether or not he's a good guy or a bad guy. But at the end, he just wants what's best for professional wrestling. But... And he, but we have we got to the point where he promises his wife that his next this match will be his last. No, the next match he loses will be his last. He makes okay. a Ric Flair-esque promise. All right. Well, so here's what I think, and I think they kind of, when we get to this fucking ambiguous ending near the end... Hold on. Can I just say, they announced the Texas Outlaws, Dusty and Dick Murdoch versus the Crush and Bruiser. I'm like, holy shit, I'm all about this match right now. At the Super Bowl of Wrestling. Two here, weeks later. Here it yeah. comes. <laughs> yeah, no. No. Um, psych. They are uh, so. This uh, Joe Joe kidnaps. Oh, the oh, well, secretary. Well, so they meet. They're in. They, they're at the building. JC, what do you got? Okay. Well, what I wanted to say is that they're they made a, a comment earlier at that poolside scene where Bass is talking to the promoters. Get off my phone. I'm sorry, Mr. President. I'll call you back. <laughs> President Livesley. Yep. President Lindsley. <laughs> Um, they're at this pool scene and they make a comment. Well, actually, so it's at dinner with Debbie where he basically says that if he had to vacate the championship and have qualification matches, it would be the same thing as if he retired as champion. So I feel like the implication is when he's sitting there talking to his wife is that no matter what, his plan would be to retire as champion after he has this big match with Billy Taylor. Yeah, the Super Bowl thing. Well, but by saying that win, lose, or draw... This is his out, but because they left it so ambiguous in the end, do you think they Why wanted to do he, a sequel? Why would he? Do take... you think they were planning a sequel for this? I think as right as right as he hit that drop kick, heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Have heart you ever accident. seen a one trick pony? Then you've seen me. So, All right, so let's get to the gangsters and the gangsters. kidnappings. They kidnap the secretary, and they 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 fucking they're they roughing up. They grab her. Yes. They're, they're goon arming her, and Frank's like, "Leave her alone!" And she goes, "No, Frank, it's okay." He's like, "What? Get your <laughs> damn hands off her!" And then then she's like, "No, it's fine." She goes, "Let's talk." He goes, "Okay, somewhere private." 
and they just walk into this like storage <laughs> closet. Any it's a room. locker room, actually. Yeah. It's a locker room. And they're roughing him up. They kick the shit out of they him. Beat the they beat him up in the hallway, and then they beat him up back in well, the locker room. Well, they beat him up once, he wasn't bleeding, and then they said, give him some more. And so then he, he believes them. Bleeding. Right, so you can see. He got those Ken Shamrock internal injuries. Yeah. Started coughing up blood. <laughs> so they're going to start beating up on the secretary, but who makes the save? Yeah. <laughs> Saving the fucking day of the I love these the guys. They're the they're the best. The best. And that's just why it's so disappointing that we didn't get to see Murdoch and Rhodes versus them at the yes, Super Bowl of Wrestling. Well, agree with that a bit. So basically during this fight scene where where this this bullying scene where we're told that if Mike doesn't lose, you're gonna fucking die. Yes. We're gonna yeah, kill you. we're gonna kill you. We're gonna fucking kill you. And then it's like nope. Crushing bruiser are gonna kick the shit out of everyone. But, I love how they rush in and then just grab the guns from the guys. Like, no, give me that. Wait, are they rushing? Six. <laughs> <laughs> Take your time. Um, they just grab the guns out of their hands and start smashing their heads against lockers until they fall over and fall on top of them. Which is amazing. But I think this brings to the point is. What's stopping these gangsters from still killing them after? That's what I'm saying. I know, that's what I was trying to... Because the Crusher and Bruiser just fucking murdered them. They, they're they still alive. For the sequel. Oh. Tag team match. Crusher and Bruiser versus the fucking two Russians. I... Yes. Yes. Are they Russian? Now? I don't know. They can take their time. So... Seven. seven. <laughs> so we Bullard... Get- Comes in, sees Frank all bloodied up. Yep. Hey, well, I'm happy you're all right. I could have used you five minutes ago. <laughs> no dialogue about anything. Nothing. Hey, if if you if you lose, I'm gonna die. Nope. Type thing. No, he said like, yeah, a bunch of guys put a bet on you to lose five hundred thousand dollars. Huh. It's a lot they, of money huh, for 1974. And it's a lot of money walk, now. But just huh, walks away and goes huh, to what's the, the over under? Yeah. <laughs> And just goes to the ring immediately. <laughs> it's Vern. <laughs> and for our big climactic ending, we have another long, long match. match. I love how the announcer says, "You know, you talk about how much you love the matches, but you seem to be pretty the, damn." No, I lo- the wrestling itself was fine. Watching it without any kind of production or anything is awful. So, again, you agree with me, then, that the presentation was lacking. I like the way the video looks. I don't like not having any commentary or anything on there. Um, the, the announcer says, uh, when he's like introducing the guys, he goes, Japanese heavyweight champion and logical contender for the, he- <laughs> the world title. We made it logical. It fits. Yeah, it works, everyone. Just letting the you Manchester, know. Manchester, England, the Japanese champion. And again, we have to stress that this is still not the Super Bowl of wrestling. It's two weeks before. Why yes. would Mike even take this match two weeks before? Like, if they're going to wrestle again at the Super Bowl, why fight? <laughs> it's all part of my plan all along. Oh, I fell no. for it, Mike. <laughs> Mikey's it. falling for it, too. I don't get it. <laughs> so, uh, they have a couple clean breaks, a couple clean breaks, and then Vern just slaps Billy in the face. A few times. Yeah, motherfucker. Um, Chant, brother. There's some terrible, like, post-audio work on this scene. All the audio work in this movie is awful. They're dubbing things so bad. I think it was that dinner scene where the lounge singer is singing, and then it cuts them talking, and there's, like, a three-second lag between each of their words. Like, ugh. Fucking out of the blue, 
Vern just rears back and runs up and starts throwing a drop kick. And we get the slow motion. Smash! It's not only just a slow motion, but a smash cut. Boom. In case you forgot. Yes, of because 20 it was seconds so random. <laughs> yeah, like not even 15 I've minutes never, earlier. I've never heard anyone overreact that much to anything, let alone the thought of being hit with a drop kick. I would never get hit with a drop kick! But guess what? I don't know. Fade to black. Yeah, who knows? What happened? Jake already told you. Heart attack. Have you, Have you ever seen, seen a one-trick pony? Then you've seen me. So, wouldn't it make sense if he did die? Because like that was the thing his wife was afraid of, and then like he does die. Mm-hmm. Or if he won and then Frank dies? Like, what the fuck? What? Why would Frank die? Because uh, he lost because, the match, and right. so he's going to get shot by the gangsters. Right. I'd like to think... Oh, no, the gangsters! <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just. I no, listen. I, it, it's how I felt when we I, watched Body Slam. I wrote my and note. after we watched that first goddamn movie, and it just cut right at the end of the match. There was so much left to unpack. So there much. needed to be an epilogue. So and many loose ends. Again, with this, it just ends, and you're like, it doesn't even end with the end of the match. I wrote just, down my notes. That's the ending. That's it. Yes. Was that just a thing in the fucking 70s and 80s? They couldn't give you a goddamn ending? Yeah. And uh, the and the 2000s, too. If you recall, 2008 was a wrestler. Oh, God. <laughs> but, no, because there, I don't think that... Well, we'll talk about the wrestler when we talk Next about time. the wrestler. But that's well, not ambiguous at all. What do you think happened? So in what your do own I think? mind, yes. Because we're going to have to do this for two movies in a row. Okay. So, so all right. <sighs> I think the thing is, is that I, I was questioning whether or not he hit the dropkick or not, but there is that goddamn sound effect yes, at the end, which makes me believe he hit the he, dropkick. He put the sleeper on and he beat Billy Taylor. What happens to Frank? Frank dies, All right. and and uh, Mike Bullard retires as champion. I'll tell you what happened. Okay, he hit the dropkick. Uh huh. Beat him with a sleeper hold. Yep. Um, the Russians never came back, and uh, everyone lived happily ever after, <laughs> except for Billy Taylor, who was horribly defeated right. in his one like big, big championship match, match. Yeah, and sent back to England with a horrible reputation destroyed. Mikey, what do you okay. think happened? Vern Gagne hits the drop kick. We're all in agreement. One, two, big kick out. No, no, no he the, doesn't pin the, him. He the puts drop him in a kick's sleeper not a no. pin. How do you know? Because, because that's, that's what they said at the beginning uh, of the movie. Uh, 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 that's his thing. Uh, this is my... This no, is my, no, 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 you no, can't no, just say... No, 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 yeah, no. I, well, I asked you what you think happened. Right, 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 let him go. No, let no, him go. No, no, because you're not going to say Hulk Hogan hits the big boot. One, two, <laughs> kick out. No. <laughs> All right, let, let, him, let, him, let him speak. Go ahead. Go I was ahead. gonna, I was gonna give this big WrestleMania kick out of this, and okay. kick out of that. So okay, she puts the goddamn sleeper on him, and the arm goes down twice. But no, it doesn't go down a third time. And he, he, he Robinson's up, and then <laughs> and Taylor, hits his Taylor's arm. up. He hits his hip toss with his leg kick. Ends up one, two, three. New champion. And that's the end of it. Frank doesn't die. But this match was this match for the title. Third gone, you're retired. Yes. Some, okay. And because they wanted to get the belt off of him. Before the Super Bowl of Wrestling. But what are they going to do? Like, they said, we're going to send him to the Super Bowl of Champions or whatever, you know? Do you think they just ran out of time and was like, well, this is it? No, this movie was an hour and 41 minutes. They're like, do you want to cut out any of the 50 minutes of wrestling? Nope. At one point, I look at, yeah, right. I look at the time and there's about 20 minutes left and I'm thinking, there's so much 
What's gonna happen? You're gonna get a 15-minute match in its entirety yep. up until the ending. JC was just holding up his pinky like Dr. Evil towards his mouth. The Diet <laughs> Coke of Evil. <laughs> he loves the Diet Coke I of do. Evil. It's the only one he can drink. Uh, I This ending... It, the, the entire movie kind of frustrated me, but that ending pissed me off. I was irritated by that. I hate non-endings. That's in matches and in movies. <laughs> like... That was a no contest of it's an ending. It's the worst kind of ambiguous because, it's, like, especially when you're building up the entire movie of of these two guys, and can one guy beat the other? And you just well, not if not if Vern Gagne is the it's a producer of the movie and decides that at the end he still has to look great. The two producers of this movie were Vern Gagne and W. G. Frank. So Frank and Vern Gagne, the guy, the main character's name was. Frank. So I feel like it is a... It's one big jerk-off session. Exactly. Yeah. Like... It's a vanity project. And, you know, this was the first time I ever watched this movie. Me too. And, like, not saying its reputation preceded itself, but I felt like there was supposed to be an air of, like, I don't know, like, just importance about it. It is important. It's not. Not after watching it. I don't find there to be anything fucking important it's about it. It's very important. No. No. It's like, I'd rather watch Wrestle Rock Rumble over again and over again and over again. We basically ever did. Than ever have to the, watch the amount of matches that were in this movie were the amount of matches on <laughs> Wrestle Rock Rumble. Fact. Whenever we inevitably do best in show for Wrestle Rock Rumble, I would rather watch that all day. It's just Wrestle Rock. I call it the Wrestle Rock Rumble. Wrestle Rock was twelve years after this, and Vern Gagne was in the main event. Sure was. <laughs> Did he go over? Yes. Yes. Spoiler alert. Of course. Spoiler alert for Wrestle Rock. He defeated Sheik Adnan O'Casey in a cage match. <sighs> I mean, Vince McMahon is also incredibly full of himself, but he's also made millions upon millions of and dollars. And he's pissed himself on TV. Right, exactly. And he knows when to show ass. If yeah. Vern Gagne is the producer of this movie, why didn't he just make it so he goes over? Why did it have to end so ambiguous? I bet Billy Robinson refused to straight up put him over. Oh, I'm not putting over movie. that grainy! It's a it's a goddamn movie, but this movie is... Everything in wrestling is presented as real. It's true. Either way, fucking he looks like shit. Nick Bockwinkle took a loss. An exhibition. Rev those engines. <laughs> Three-way theater dog wild. <laughs> So we all. So I hated this movie. I I hated the ending. I didn't hate everything about the movie. Mikey was gushing about this movie. All I the way liked over. it up, up until the the, all the loose ends that weren't taken care of, and that bothers me. But and other Jake, than that, I thought this movie was good. But I would have rather it been an hour long and cut out the majority of wrestling, except for like the last scene, probably. When I look at the only other contemporary that we can compare it to, Mad Bull, Mad Bull was amazing. Mad Bull is better, and it had less wrestling. And I think we've learned from some... There goes Mad Bull Joe DeCurso. Uh, <laughs> Mad Bull Joe DeCurso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same guy. <laughs> I think, if anything, with the movies we've watched, it doesn't always mean more wrestling means better movie. Like, I think sometimes just having the story and the characters... Look like, when Glow. we watch Glow, like... We just like watching the characters and them interact. It's the so wrestling took a back seat. It's so funny, we took... 
we went from a show where the wrestling took a backseat to the to the drama, where a movie where the movie took a backseat to wrestling. Yep. Uh, well, shit. <laughs> I, you know. So, I, uh, <laughs> guys, what are we gonna do next? Gonna do the wrestler. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was, that was easy. Yeah. No. Episode 19, twenty. Nineteen seventy-four. Our twentieth. We're big doing the wrestler. Two o. I'm excited to watch The Wrestler. I haven't seen it since it first came out. Yeah, the theaters. Our yes. 20th anniversary. The oh, I got a story about that. Oh, oh. Well, we're, let's, right. let's, well, we'll table well, that. I also start the theaters, and, okay. and we'll, we'll do We're going to do episode 20, next. yeah. Um, so, Mikey, how can you find all our three-way theater shenanigans? Well, of course, there's the all-encompassing three-waytheater.com website. Dot com. Which you can get everything and anything related to three-way theater. That's true. Uh, be sure to uh, get your bobbleheads. Your kicks on Route 66. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, bobbleheads of all three of us. Wait, wait where yeah. did we get bobbleheads? Yeah, it's a three-way head. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, so we're like we're kind of like some kind of three-headed monster. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And just, huh. we, our heads bobble. It's pretty cool. When did you guys do that? I didn't know those were in production. There's oh. only one in production. Oh. I, oh, I forgot to do our um, our titular song. We had a titular song. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hope it's the I hope it's the the uh, lady at the cocktail party there. <laughs> oh, oh, it should be. Oh, all right. What <clears throat> is it? Who can turn the world on with her smile? Who can take a nothing day and suddenly make it all seem worthwhile? Well, it's you, girl. You should know it. With each glance, every little movement, you show it. Love is all around. No need to waste it. You can never tell. Why don't you take it? You're gonna make it after all. We're gonna make, make it, it after, after all. all. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> Freeze frame. Well, I'm JC. I'm Mike Pava. I'm Lumberjake. What'd Pava. you guys learn? Oh. Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Damn. But you transitioned it so perfectly, I thought it was uh, the end. Yeah, right. we were doing um, so good. Um, um, yeah. What'd you guys learn? I learned that Vern Gagne is full of shit and full of himself. Yeah. Uh, I learned that. Um, <laughs> uh, I've learned that the leg kick hip toss is the deadliest move in professional wrestling. Except for the drop kick. And the knee drop. Up knee drop. <laughs> That's actually true. <laughs> I learned the only deaths in the ring that matter were that of Iron Mike. DiBiase, Luther Lindsay, Jim Hady, Babe Zaharias, Chick Garibaldi, and Ray Gunkel. That's good. oh, and Cutter. and James Cutter. That's Perfect. it. Perfect. All right. As Daisy, of nineteen seventy, uh, Daisy, what did you learn? Oh, and don't forget Skull Crusher Johnson. Yeah, Skull Crusher Johnson. R.I.P. Daisy, you want a cookie? Want a cookie? This is this is great. This is great, great radio. radio, guys. Great radio. All right. Well, <laughs> hold on. Oh. Ready? Hold on. I, me and Daisy do this thing. We we do this movie, right? It's uh, Men in Black. Don't, don't <laughs> take her like that. You know what the difference between me and you is? I make, make this, this look, look good. good. Here come the Men in Black. I'm Mike Pava. Galaxy I'm Uber Jake. Here I'm comes the Men in Black. This, this is Ben. ben. Three way theater. Oh no! Alright, sorry, Ian. Good guy, 
guys dress in black, remember that Just in case we have a face to face and make contact The title held by me, M.I.B. Means what you think you saw, you did not see So don't blink, be what was dead is now gone Black suit with the black Ray-Bans on Walk in shadow, move in silence Guard against extraterrestrial violence But yo, we ain't on no government list We straight don't exist, no names and no fingerprints Saw something strange, watch your back Cause you never quite know where the M.I.B.s is at Uh, and Night on the horizon, bright light into sight, tight camera zoom on the impending doom. But then, like boom, black suits fill the room up with the quickness. Talk with the witnesses, hypnotizer, normalizer, vivid memories turn to fantasies. Ain't no one my bees, can I please? Do what we say, that's the way we kick it. Yeah, you know I mean, a super noisy cricket get wicked on you. With your first, last, and only line of defense against the worst scum of the universe. So don't fear us, cheer us. If you ever get near us, don't jeer us with the fearless. Send my fees, freezing up all the flag. What that stand for? Men in black. Uh, and. The men in black. Let me see you just bounce it with me, just bounce with me, just bounce it with me, come on, let me see you just slide with me, just slide with me, just slide with me, come on, let me see you take a walk with me, just walk it with me, take a walk with me, come on, and make your neck work. Now freeze. Might seem imposing, but trust me, if we ever show in your section, believe me, it's for your own protection. Cause we see things that you need not see, and we be places that you need not be. So go with your life, forget the Roswell crap, show love to the black suit. Cause that's the men in, that's the men in. Thank you.